What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the Maze. It's Ian. And it's your girl, Jaysha. And we have a special guest, a dear friend of mine, the one, the only, the legend, Karina Marie. How you doing, Karina? I'm good. I'm good. Y'all call me Big Meeks, so. <laughs> <laughs> Big Meeks Larry Hoover. <laughs> so we always like to start off our episodes just talking about our week. So Jay, how, how's your week going so far? Um, it's been pretty good. Um, it's been jam packed with stuff. I've been definitely um being a master of our trades this week, but it's been productive and inside exciting. You? My week has been pretty good. It's been a little slow in some areas, a little fast in some other areas, but really just kind of taking it all in. I'm super duper excited to be here and do this interview today and, you know, just show the world what, the, what, what Karina and, and her organization does. Karina, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Um, <laughs> I, I won't share that. I'll share that later on about my week because something happened this week. So I feel like we needed to say later. Okay. Cool. So we will jump right into it. Do you mind just entering your deuce, introducing yourself to the audience a little more, telling them who you are, what you do? I'm the Karina Marie of Free Foundation. <laughs> um, free is an acronym for Freedom Restores Our Last Empowerment. Um, basically, we are a nonprofit organization based in Atlanta. Um, we do different outreaches, um, collaborate with different local organizations. We help place people in hotels, shelters, uh, providing more healthcare resources, anything you name it, we're gonna provide it. I don't feel like there's a limit on anything we should be able to do. We can always learn. There's books, there's YouTube. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So how can you, can you walk us through how Free Foundation came to be? And I know we're gonna dive into a little bit more, but like where where did this come from? Um, since I was younger, I've always had a heart to serve. I used to uh, volunteer like soup kitchens just to pass out food, nothing too major. Uh, I would say back in 2012 when I was at Georgia Southern, I was laying in my bed and I was like, I want to do something, but I don't know what. And I feel like it should be more of our age group that's in a community sense. We're the next generation coming up. So I decided on Free Foundation, Help Feed in Atlanta was our first event, but I wanted the event to be more like get community service hours and just coming out doing something like, oh, I did a good deed. I wanted people to find a joy in it, have fun, learn somebody's story, meet a stranger, even a volunteer, connect. Like at my events, people are not only able to connect with people we're serving, but the ones who are helping us serve. Like people built friendships off the volunteers they met um, just business-wise. So I like bringing people together. So I'm interested because you don't meet too many people who go into foundation nonprofit work. How is that like establishing a nonprofit and like saying, taking an idea and building it into a business? And it's more than just, okay, I want to do this. I'm, like we can, we can do these things. We can do them without having it under a specific business, but to make it a business, how was that process? Definitely not easy. Um, 2012, you know, I started an idea. 2013, 2014, 13, 14, 15, 16, I was behind the scenes working. I was interning for other nonprofit organizations, getting connected with other community leaders. Um, one of my mentors, she's actually the founder and CEO or Girls Talk International Nonprofit Organization. That was my first internship. I met her 
after connecting with her, I was able to intern and help with Reimagine ATL. They're actually based here. They help inner city kids get them creatively connected with videographers, photographers. They have connections with Adult Swim, YouTube, Facebook. So things like that help me build up free foundation. You can't just jump into something like, oh, I'm going to do this. No, you got to actually do the work. Get with people who are actually where you want to be. Right. To study the game before you enter it. Facts. So... I, I know you're, you're 501c3, which is a big deal in the nonprofit world, to my understanding. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and what that means? Yeah, I want the the pretty version or like the raw uncut? Raw uncut. We want the raw and uncut. <laughs> Basically, these big corporations, they can write this off at the end of the year. Send me the check. Help us help these people. You're helping me to help others. That's honestly what it is. It's establishing that we're a legit business. Um, under the state so here I am oh okay <laughs> and so as it relates to when we talk about and because our podcast is an entrepreneurship and business podcast when we think about entrepreneurship a lot of people don't really think about the nonprofit world and think about those businesses and they think um, I think one of the major things that I enjoy is because not only are you an entrepreneur, you are a businesswoman, but you also are very service-minded and you lead with like your passion first and you go to business about leading with your passion. So what was it like bringing other people on board and getting, getting, getting the legwork, getting it off the ground and like being involved and getting your name out there? Getting others involved, like my team or just volunteers? Uh, both. both. Yeah. Okay, um, volunteers, is, I feel like it's a hit or miss. Um, I have a great support system. Like my friends always show up whenever I need them. Um, and then just word of mouth travels. Before when I started it, I didn't really believe in the whole documentary things, posting pictures, videos. I feel like it's not genuine. But I had to talk with a friend. I was like, no, you need a document. Like people need to see like you really bought your business. So once I started doing that, words just started traveling. They're like, hey, let's go volunteer here, do this. Like they're having fun, like they're dancing, but that's what attracted people. They see like, oh, this is fun. This is not just like we're serving food or they're doing haircuts. Like they're legit having fun. So that's how that travel. Um, for team wise, I would say that took a lot of humbling. Um, coming to Jesus moment because I like things in a certain way. I'm very structured, especially when it comes to business and free foundation is my baby. So, you know, as the owner, you know how you want your stuff done right. and bringing a team on. It's like, even though you are the leader, sometimes you need to be able to step back and let others lead. You don't always have to be the, um, the leader. You have to be the follower sometimes and let them gracefully handle things. Like you brought them onto your team. You should trust them with it. So that took a lot of humbling for me and just realizing like these people are here, they're dedicated. So I'm gonna let them do it, but I'm gonna still serve with them as well. I don't want to be the leader. Mm. And well, so I think, I think that is a very important lesson that a lot of business owners come to learn at some point or another because it's like you always want everything a certain way and you like I know I know a lot of people and I don't know if you were one of them because I think I met you a little later in your business um but people are like well if they can't do it the exact way that I do it then I'm just going to do it myself did you ever experience that type of burnout or like did you have a moment where it was like, okay, I actually have to step back or was it just something that you leaned into um, as you continue to grow Free Foundation? Um, that's about a step back. Um, I don't know if you see me in action at the events, but I'm always doing something like running oh, here, yeah. doing that. 
And then, oh, I, <laughs> so I think my I went friends, to the um, uh, Help Feed Atlanta event. And I was like, Karina, you were like, oh, hey. It, <laughs> like, all right, she, she does her thing. But my friends, I'll be like, Mika, you know, big mix, Karina, whatever you want to call it. Like, just chill, relax. Like, we got this over here. You, you go do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, any stuff. We're good, we're good over here. Just go to. So sometimes they have to like come to like, you know, just calm down. It's gonna be okay. Cause I get overwhelmed, especially daily events. Like when you know it's your thing, like some any little thing go wrong. So I gotta be prepared. But like I said, having a support system, like my backbone, that's my community is really what helped Free Foundation grow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Can you talk a little bit? Um, I know we mentioned Help Feed Atlanta a couple of times. I that was your flagship event correct that was the first event that you yeah. were putting on okay um can you talk a little bit more about what help feed atlanta is and how you kind of use that to propel free foundation and grow it so we started off in the beginning i started with three bags of clothing it can only feed 70 people with three volunteers basically nothing <laughs> So the next time I came around, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go harder. Forget that. I just started connecting more different chefs. Um, I thought about when I say learn somebody's story, realize what they actually need. So to this day, we've been able to serve at least five, four, between 4,000 and 5,000 people. I don't know the exact numbers at this moment. Uh, we provide mobile shower units, fresh clothing, gently used shoes, grooming services for men and women backpacks, hygiene bags, uh, snack bag to go, hot meals, like something your auntie and grandmother cook. I have the best chefs there are. And just a good time. Like I want people to enjoy themselves. I don't want, even if people were serving, I don't want them to feel like they're being needy or need us. I want to be like a genuine, like a cookout vibe. Yeah. And that's how we set the tone. We bring the DJ in, we play music, like we get down. Yeah. You've you seen it, so. Yeah. <laughs> If y'all, for those y'all listening, if y'all going to Instagram, y'all going to catch us like electric sliding, you going to catch Always. like it's a, it's a genuine good time. That's actually one of the things that I appreciated when I volunteered with you. Um, I volunteered, I think at a, a couple of events and it's like, you don't feel like, I think when people th- think, cause you primarily serve the shelterless population and people are like, oh, like. I just give them some money or, and I go about my day, but it's like, no, you're dealing with people, people just because they're in a different circumstance than you, they still need things. They still have preferences. And I like, I specifically remember an event where you were serving a lot of people and somebody was coming up and they were like, and you were like, you want chips or you want cookies? And they were like, I just whatever. And they were like, no do you want chips or do you want cookies? Like you have a preference. And I think things like that are, are so important because you, you are like for a population that sometimes can be dehumanized by society. You're the work that you're doing is humanizing them. I think that is so important, you know, and I I just, I love what you do personally. I don't think I've ever told you that face to face, but I love what what the the org is doing. I think that it's amazing. That's a, I like that you touched on that because people think just because they don't have an address or maybe sleeping in their car, sleeping in a shelter, sleeping in a hotel, like they're not humans at the end of the day. Like they're still a person. So, I mean, it's going to take a lot for everyone in the world to realize that. But if I can just help change one person's mindset, I'm good. 
So what is that like, like partnering with these larger, or I wouldn't even say larger, partnering with other organizations? How do you go about that? Like you just write up an email and it's like, hey, I have this business. I want to partner with you. Like, so our, if we have, like, we have listeners who might be interested in getting into the nonprofit world, how do you begin networking in those spaces? Um, I talk to people. I'm not a stranger. So wherever I go, I'm talking or sometimes somebody who knows me or know a free foundation, they would suggest it to them. And then we receive an email. So anybody listening, you know, shoot me an email. No, don't be shy. I won't bite. <laughs> but always connecting. You never, you never know who you're meeting. So always our first impression is everything. Because sometimes that first person you meet may have a connection for you just because based off your interaction. So, you know, treat people with kindness. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the documentary that you did, uh, City of Lost Stories? Oh, (laughs) Um, that started as another idea. Um, It's funny because wrote it down in March 2017. I like watching documentaries. I don't know about you, you know, you guys, but I love watching documentaries. Like they're so informal. It's just everything about it. And I'm a film person as well. So wrote it down, trying to think how I'm going to reach the people to help them see what others are dealing with and just break the stereotypes. Like, like I mentioned, like they may not have a regular house, quote unquote, but they live in a hotel or jumping couch to couch, live in their car, live in the streets in the shelter. How do I break that stereotype thinking you don't have to just live on the street to be experienced homelessness? So um, did it, we launched it a year later. I linked up with one of my videographers. I shot her idea. She was down for it. I said, hey, I want to do a documentary and I want to highlight and break the stereotypes of what people think those first first homelessness is. So I interviewed people from Morehouse, Georgia Tech, um, just random people in the streets, anybody I've seen. And then I interviewed those who are experienced homelessness. A few I met on the street who are open to it. Um, I interviewed these two students who met in a shelter because of their parents and now they're living well. And they talked about their experiences, like living in a shelter. They said they were even embarrassed to leave their school because the shelter was across the street, but they didn't want friends making fun of them because they didn't appear to be, oh, we're experiencing homelessness. So um, Atlanta Mission, they mentioned a few things about the women who are experiencing homelessness, who live in their shelter, like some mothers, the staff who were our mothers spoke on like the mothers who are experiencing homelessness and like, I can't understand or even try to feel how they're feeling. So it gets really deep. Um, if you look on our Instagram, the link is provided. And then after that documentary launched and people watched it, it was like, wow, I never realized this is what it is. So it did what it was supposed to do. They understood the assignment. <laughs> um, and that film was actually featuring Atlanta Film Festival in 2018. And so me and my videographer and co-director were invited to attend that week. That's what's up. I definitely um, understand. I I know people in, in my experience in high school growing up, I knew people who at the time I didn't know that they were homeless. And I wouldn't even say homeless, they were houseless because home is relative to what you describe as your home, but they were houseless and graduating now and looking back and they tell their stories and they've overcome in different aspects of their lives. And it's like, for this period of time where I knew you, like we were on the same dance team we were in the same classes we I never knew that you were experiencing this in your life and also when you I think from what I thought houselessness looked like was a very skewed image of what it really is and I think being in college too that shows you that as well because you hear so many of your peers are like you know this is my shot 
I have to make this work because I came from a situation where I can't, I, I don't want to go back to it. So I definitely um, love that you made that documentary to, to death, to open the eyes to what that really looks like truly, because everyone doesn't look like what you see broadcasted daily. Things are different. Very true. What is one of the most impactful experiences that you've had doing this work? Um, actually, recently this year, um, we just out serving with another local organization. And me being me, I'm going to talk to people. <laughs> so this lady I met, she was telling me about um, different crimes that's been happening, like under your bridge. A lot of women have been getting raped. Somebody actually got killed. So I recorded her conversation. I posted it, but like I scratched out her face and blurted out. Um, started sharing it with different district leaders. And some district leaders reached out to me, we spoke, we connected. And at the end of our conversation, they told me they were able to find the lady from my video and they're helping to connect her to her family back in Texas. Mm. Like, I, it's been a lot of impactful moments, but just that moment, I'm just like, wow. It actually brought tears to my doing the conversation. I was like, sorry, give me a moment. Like this, this got me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and you touched on that about violence against, against people. And I think that's one of the most heartbreaking things and violence in different aspects, but embarrassment as well. And you see people do all the stuff on social media to dehumanize and belittle people who are going through different life situations. And it's like, you don't know someone's story. You truly don't know. And we had another guest who was like, you know, most people are just a couple of decisions away from being in the space that other people are in. And it's like, you truly don't know what's going on in that person's life. And to try to make them less of a person, to believe that they don't have the same rights as a person just because they don't have an address, that that's, yeah, that's crazy. I, I hate seeing those, those, those things um, around. But I, again, I applaud you because you're taking on a mission, a, a mission to not only change your local environment but to change the world and to change the way how people view people view the world so I, I applaud you for real thank you thank you <laughs> I love it I love it, I love it. um so you, yeah have a question. <laughs> so <laughs> now that you're in the nonprofit world and we hear a lot about like nonprofit world isn't that sustainable to like sustaining a person's lifestyle economically wise what would like how how do you feel like do you feel like it is you do what you have to do to make sure that you're getting your work done or is it more of like you're still looking for the payout too um well I'm not getting paid nor my team's getting paid I was let me rephrase because <laughs> I didn't that the part of that question it was half ended not looking for the payout but are you a lot of people don't like to move into nonprofit because they're nervous that they won't be able to sustain their lives and be able to give back to the community, but also live, live however they want to live. How are you navigating that? That's the question. Uh, well, honestly, I work, work full time and I do free foundation full time. So there's no balance, but you know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. I know eventually one day that the end goal is to just be nonprofit world full-time but I also do things on the side as well like I'm in content creation I do film 
So my hands are like really in different pockets, you know. And that brings a question to me about like how you manage your time, because that's something that a lot of our audience deals with. And a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners in general um, deal with is like, we don't really know how to manage our time too well. So how do you do all of that and have time for yourself? Um, sometimes I have days I just push everything to the side. Like I think we're in a culture base right now, like work, 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 don't sleep, sleep when you're dead. Uh, no, get your rest. <laughs> like <laughs> one thing I know I learned, I'm gonna get my rest. So no, I'm not gonna kill myself, overworking myself. I definitely plan out my weeks. Um, you can probably see this calendar behind me. I have a physical calendar and I do my Google calendar on my Apple calendar, my Apple calendar is usually used like my team members. They put things in there that all of us need to know. My Google calendar, my personal use, like meetings I have, anything related to, even from hanging out with friends, I put that in my Google calendar. Like mm. it's that intense sometimes. It's just keeping yourself organized with structure. Like I'm a very structural person. So, Where did you get your, your structure from, your discipline, your, your discipline mindset from? Um, my father was in the military. My mother is very structural. So um, yeah. <laughs> It just kind of transitioned over yes, here. That's life. Yeah. That's life for you. <laughs> and I can imagine they're very proud of your work as well and what you're doing. Yeah, they are. That's beautiful. I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned early, early in the interview. You said we asked you about your week, and you was like, uh, "You I said something." Talk about later. You said something happened. <laughs> what happened? Oh, okay. So I received this email Friday morning that I'm being awarded an angel award in Houston, Texas on July 23rd. So this is unreleased information. Like, I'm really, um, I'm a very humble person. I don't like broadcasting myself the things I do. Um, I do it to my friends, like, cause you know, share your victories with your friends, but I don't really broadcast it to the world. So I haven't released this to like even social media. So now I feel like I got to release it now because here we are. <laughs> but yeah, and then I shared it with, you know, my gang, my supporters. And then one person, it's a parent who always supports me and offered to pay for my flight. So my flight's covered, my stay's covered. And I just got to show up at this point. And then they told me, I can't know who nominated me, but apparently I was nominated five times. Wow. wow. So I don't. <laughs> and can you just go into, because I'm not familiar, can you tell a little bit more about like what an angel award is? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> it, hold on, let me go to the email. Because I was like, wait a minute, is this something fake? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so it's called I, Shades of Blue, okay. and they're part of a Black Health Summit team. Oh. And I'm getting the Angel Award for my outstanding business and nonprofit. Yeah, I just pulled it up. That's really dope. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. And I feel like it's interesting. Um, I'm just going to share it with people. I'm very transparent. So my grandmother died on January 23rd, 2000, well, this year. And mm -hmm. then I received this email on the 24th. So I'm like connecting dots, being that it's called an Angel Award. I'm like, Okay, big dog, I see what you're doing there. So I don't know how people are with their beliefs or what they find coincidental, but I just feel like, you know, this is for her. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and being five years old and your org get that, like that's a milestone that many people also don't get to see. So this is it's a very, very big year for you and for Free Foundation. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all truly, truly deserve. I love I love the work that y'all are doing. And I, I'm sure the people that you served love you for what you do and how you've been able to impact their lives as well. So how can our followers, our listeners, if they want to get involved with your organization, how can they reach you? And if they want to volunteer, how does that work? Everything's um, our website, www.freefoundationinc.org. Um, Instagram is Free Foundation INC as well. The links are provided in the bio from filling out volunteer forms, how to email us, any articles we've been featured in, and also the documentary link is provided in there as well, and in our email, of course. For sure, for sure, for sure. So one thing that we like to do at the end of every episode is we like our guests to leave a bag drop. So for somebody listening that's in your space, they they might be wanting to do what you're doing or they've started doing what you're doing and they need uh, that that puzzle piece, that motivation to, to get them going. What would you, what bag drop would you leave for that person? A bag drop? Is it like a 30 second bag drop or one sentence it's, bag drop? It's however, that's however long or short you want it to your be. Your lasting statement, your lasting statement on the podcast. And I, drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I know this interview may have sound like, oh, it's all glitter and gold. Like she got it made out. She's doing things. It's easy. It's definitely not. It's going to get tiring, discouraging. You're going to be up four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, handling donation, gathering bags, make sure things in order. Um, I remember those moments. Remember why you started it and why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. Because we can get very selfish and self-centered when we get discouraged about things like this and we have to stop for a moment just think, but why am I really doing this? Who am I doing this for? What's the sole purpose of it? And then we're back. My drop. Well, thank you for joining us here. We really appreciate it having you. And as always, we will have in the show notes and linked on the screen where you can catch Free Foundation and Miss Karina herself. Ian, where can I catch you? Y'all can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter at EMB two underscores at the end. You can find me on TikTok, Ian.B3. Jaysha, where can they find you? You guys can catch me on Instagram at Jaysha Robinson. And where can they catch you at, Karina? I am my Instagram. Two underscores. C-R-R-I-N-A-M-A-R-I. I can't do an E. <laughs> so Karina Marie, two underscores in the beginning pretty straightforward got you and we will link all the free foundation in the show notes please 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 y'all do not forget to like subscribe leave a review leave a rating we love hearing your feedback karina thank you so much for coming on today and showing our audience how you beat your maze and continue to beat your maze every day we appreciate it thank you i appreciate you guys having me no problem. And that's a wrap. Yeah. Have a good one, y'all.